Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, evening, and afternoon. And welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Najee E. Brown, your host, and we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry, and our hope and prayer for our listening audience is that you will hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you can reach us through our website at yieldtothekingministry.org. Well, welcome, 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 and I am so pleased to be with you. It seems like it's been a while. I did skip a session in between the last one in June and this one, so I do uh, apologize for that, but I'm thankful for being back on the air. So we're going to do a series, a three-part series entitled Knowing Our Identity in Christ. And today we're going to broadcast part one of the series, and then all the subsequent series are forthcoming. So I just say bear with me, and I trust and pray that you will enjoy this information. So as always, I like to go over the promotional material because it lays a good foundation. And today I'm going to include the short pitch, which is in Christ our identity changes. The old passes away, and behold, the newness has come. Usually, identity is a way we perceive ourselves. It shapes our beliefs, and those core beliefs, in turn, drive what we think, say, and do. How do we describe ourselves? By our attributes, heritage, possessions, backgrounds, aspirations? Over time, our description becomes our earthly identity. The active pursuit of finding, knowing, and growing in our spiritual identity is paramount. As believers and followers of Christ, we walk in the newness of life, a new creation, hence the term born again. In John chapter 3, verse very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. That's the New International Version. Being in Christ Jesus is our spiritual identity. And our identity in him is the greatest treasure on earth. The greatest treasure on earth. So before we get started, I want to say that maybe you might consider taking some notes. I'm going to be rattling off quite a bit of scripture that I don't have time to read, but maybe you can go through those scriptures in your own time. And then you'll have notes to review before we go and move on to the second series in a couple of weeks. identity shapes our beliefs, and our beliefs drive what we think, say, and do. Everyone has a worldly identity, and those of us who are believers in Christ Jesus also has, have a spiritual identity. When we become believers in Christ, the old identity has gone away. We should know our spiritual identity as followers in Christ, because as children of God, we walk in the newness of life and new creation. We have been forgiven, translated out of darkness into his light, changed from being an enemy of God to being his friend. We are declared innocent or also known as justified of all wrongdoing. We are made holy, which is also referred to as being sanctified. 
We have become brothers and sisters of Jesus and joint heirs of God's kingdom. And we have been given the righteousness of God through Christ. And then we're joined with Christ eternally as his bride. And there's so, so, so much more. We're going to dig a little bit deeper and review the operational, relational, and practical aspects of knowing our identity in Jesus Christ. So today, we're going to look at operational, the operational aspect. And we are going to review the divine nature, power, and promises of God. I would like to start by reading uh, 14 verses, so uh, you can follow along if you want to, or just write this down and maybe go back and read it again later. Second Peter chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 1 through 14, and this is the NIV version. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who calls us by his own glory and goodness. Verse 4 says, through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to, your, and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection, love. Verse 8 says, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Verse 11 says, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. And verse 14 says, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. So let's talk about the divine nature, power, and promises of God. Operationally, this is going to help us to to understand, better understand our identity in Christ. I have to cough, excuse me. (coughs) Okay, question. From where does our identity in Christ Jesus come? Who is responsible for this new creation? Well, it comes from the fully operational, divine nature, power, and promises of God. We read in, 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 in 2 Peter 
that the divine power has been granted to us, and it gives us everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him. And then also we have been granted his and magnificent promises. So the divine nature of God is perfect and the source of love and righteousness. The key to understanding this concept is to recognize that the, what the Bible means when it refers to our nature. <clears throat> so every human being is born with a sin nature, a natural bent toward pleasing self. And you can find that in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, and also Romans chapter 7, verse 14. Our natural selves cannot please God. Romans chapter 8 and 8. <clears throat> Excuse me. No matter how hard we try, it just isn't good enough. Our motives and underlying desires are to please and promote self. The sin nature keeps us from fellowship with God. It keeps us in bondage to sin and leads eventually to spiritual death. And you can find reference to that whole sentence in Romans chapter 6 verse 16 and 23, Romans chapter 7, verse 14, and 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19. You see, we cannot free ourselves from sin because we cannot change our own nature, that sinful nature. Just as a tiger cannot change its own stripes, nor a leper change his spots. So that's why we need a savior. Jesus says there is only one way we can get a new divine nature. And he said that you must be born again. That's in John chapter 3, verse 3. Only a complete new birth can bring about the radical change of nature required to fellowship with a holy God. You know, mental agreement with God's word, so it's not enough. So just agreeing with our head knowledge, you know, our head intellect is not enough uh, to change our sin nature. So you may look at a passage or memorize a scripture, but that's not enough to, 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 to be in fellowship with God. The nature has to be changed. We must be saved from that nature, that sin nature. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, And Titus chapter 3, verse 5, will give you some more insight. Salvation implies that we were helpless. At some point, we were helpless. And we needed to be rescued from the evil bent of our human nature, which is always about promoting self and pleasing self. When we come to Christ in faith, accepting his death and and resurrection as our substitute, we declare him to be the Lord of our lives. And that's in Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 9. At that moment, the Holy Spirit family of God, we become a part of the body of Christ. Our old nature is defeated and we receive a new divine nature that desires the things of God. Second Corinthians chapter uh, 5, verse 17. Our life has changed. Our thinking has changed. Our appetites have changed. And remember, I started out saying our identity shapes our beliefs 
and our beliefs drive what we think, say, and do. So when Christ died for us, he became our sin. So that when we come to him in faith, we gain his righteousness. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It's a divine exchange. Our sin for his perfection. To be born again means that we are recreated as a new people, a new person with a new nature, no longer the sin nature. We begin to desire the things of God. Sin no longer controls us because we are now partakers of the divine nature. By giving us his nature, God makes us his sons and daughters and confirms us to the image of his son. And that's in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, and 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 6, verse 18. So that's the divine nature of God and how that is imparted unto us and what we have to do in order to be partakers of that divine nature. We have to be born again. Let's talk a little bit about God's divine power. God's power is infinite and incomprehensible. In other words, it's, it's never ending, and it's just hard to, to, to fathom. It's just hard to, to comprehend. God's power is revealed in creation. So we, uh, we can look at creation and know that there is a God. It's also revealed in providence and redemption. If we are redeemed, then we have experienced God's power. God raised Christ from the dead and demonstrated his divine power in the face of sin and death, and at the same time, his will to save mankind. Wow, that is such a, an awesome thing to, to grasp, you know, his divine power and how that is imparted to us as believers. And then his divine promises. Promises of God are covenant promises of the new covenant of grace. God's promises are signed, sealed, and delivered through our Savior. They cannot be broken because they are founded on the pillars of truth, the very divine nature of God who does not lie. We are born again and have been saved from our old nature. Hence, we have a new identity in Christ. Wow, that's the first series, and we will continue. So I want to read a few more passages just to kind of wrap this up. So because of the divine nature, power, and promises of God, we are redeemed, saved from the penalty of sin, and transformed by the renewing of our minds. We are set apart for the glory of God. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, NIV, New International Version, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Verse 5 says, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And then I made mission, mention to, uh, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. I would like to read those verses also. Verse 17, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, and though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you to Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Verse 21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And then the last passage I want to read is found in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Again, the New International Version. Verse 1, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Verse 2 says, because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So there you have it. We've looked at the first series of our three-part series of knowing our identity in Christ. So we looked at the divine nature, power, and promises of God. Next week, we'll take a look at the relational aspects of knowing the blessings of your identity in Jesus Christ. We'll look at the knowledge of God in Jesus Christ. And next week, I'm going to spend a little bit of time going through the different variations of the word know. So I like to look up words that are repeated in certain passages. So know, knowledge, and knowing. And I get out an old-fashioned concordance, and I look at each of the passages that has this word or if it's one passage, and I look at it, and each know, each variation of the word know may have a little different nuance. And so I'm going to go through that also. But, yeah, so Thank you for joining us today, and I look forward to our continued discussion on knowing our identity in Christ. And uh, with that, I just want to say I hope you were able to take notes. If you didn't take notes, go back and listen to the podcast again and get prepared for Series 2 in a couple of weeks. So with that, may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks. God bless you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.